This recording is an offering of Networks for Training and Development's online university. Hi everyone, welcome to Getting to Know Networks, Technology to Stay Connected, and I'm going to turn it over to Diane Kehoe. Welcome everyone. Today we're going to talk about the technology we use to stay connected, especially during this time when we're working at home. We here at Networks have been working at home for some time now, and we've learned some things, still learning some things. We wanted to share some of our tips and tricks for staying connected. Starting with the basics, protection and security. If you're going to be online, you have got to protect your devices. Use an antivirus. There's so much out there, you know, that you do want to protect yourself and don't want to lose content on your machine because your machine has gotten hit by a virus. And we encourage use of a good quality surge bar. That dollar store extension cord is not going to cut it now. You want to make sure that if you have electrical surges that your machine doesn't get damaged. Save frequently. If something does happen while you're working at home, you don't want to lose everything you've worked on up until that point. So the kind of the same rules apply that apply when you're working anywhere on your computer. Save frequently. We also encourage use of cloud storage. If your device goes, you're going to still have your files. It's just a matter of installing that cloud storage item back onto the new machine or onto your machine once it's repaired and all your files are still going to be there. No, it's not going to save you from all the hassle, but it's going to make the whole thing a lot less stressful for you. And Joe, I was going to have you share this because you had a personal experience with this. Yeah, so going back to day one of this quarantine <laughs> that we went through, which, which there, what, 500 days ago, it seems about right about now, um, you need to really check your connection speed. You need to check your router and modem with your internet provider. When that first day of my son being home streaming his homework and his PlayStation and his phone and my daughter and wife both working from home and my mom lives with me as well, I realized everything was too slow and I was trying to figure out what was going on. And I learned after talking to my internet provider that I had an old modem. I needed a new router and that seems to have solved some of the problems. So you got to remember it is more than just your computers that are streaming to your internet, your, your phone, phones, your watches, laptops, tablets, air printers, and the list goes on and on. So the average family of four, it recommends to have 100 Mbps download and upload. So there is a bandwidth calculator here. So you can easily hit that and figure out where, where what you're actually streaming from your router. Yeah, the bandwidth calculator is really a neat tool. It'll ask you how many people are in your home, how many people are going to be using your internet. Uh, the bandwidth calculator asks you a bunch of questions, how many devices, how many people, and then it tells you, well, then with all of that, you should be using this much bandwidth. A lot of providers may try to sell you tons of speed that you don't really need, so you don't want to pay for more than you need, but you do want to make sure that you don't have to tell your kids, stop using all your devices. Rosa? Hi, everyone. 
So this is from Michael Landis, AKA my son, Michael, who was also a teacher here in Hawaii and is teaching right now, even though he is online, just like the rest of us and at home with his whole family. So this is what he gave to Diane. We were all asked to provide our thoughts for this presentation. And this is what he provided to Diane. And part of this, I agree with part of it. I don't, but I'll read it nonetheless. So he said, we all have our preferences and our reasons for that vary. So Michael in particular prefers PCs and Android dev devices over Apple products. He feels that he has increased control and customization of the setup. He also has the ability to use memory cards and to change batteries. And he's not locked into one tech environment. Whereas some of us who use mostly or all Apple products are a little bit more, if not locked in, certainly, trained to go in a certain direction with certain certain tech environments. Beyond preferring PCs and Android devices, he likes a lot of storage, both local and online. As he said, think about it. He's a webmaster for us at Networks, and he lives here in Hawaii, and we don't always have the fastest bandwidth. So he does not, and I agree with him, does not prefer to use cloud storage for everything, likes to have things locally. Just my own insert on this over the weekend i had moved everything over to cloud storage to uh, dropbox that we use within networks it took me over three hours to get back some files that i needed to work on so sorry folks at networks i didn't get to work on some of the things i said i would work on this weekend because of that so we definitely prefer here if you think of our location we're out in the middle of the pacific ocean so we definitely both prefer both local and online and saving to an external hard drive our, our, our data rather than using all cloud storage. Michael also said he prefers using email rather than text. I know he sometimes gets a little annoyed with us at networks when we do the large group texting for hours. He prefers texting for personal use and email because he uses that his inbox as his to-do list. So that's his own per personal preferences. And everyone's going to have different bandwidth problems. If you're in more rural environments, you may find that. And even in the city, you may find right now with everybody home, everybody's online. So it may affect your connection. Nancy Joe. Hi, my name is Nancy Joe. I use lots of AEC. AAC is augmented and alternative communication. I have different AAC apps on my iPad and iPhone that I use to express myself. To stay connected, I use my iPhone and iPad and send text messages and send emails. I use FaceTime and Zoom to stay connected and work. Is that it, Nancy? Joe? Yeah. Okay. I know one thing that you do use is a lot of the built-in features of Windows far as the screen magnifier and you you use a lot of shortcut icons so you can get to your files faster. Yeah. And that's one thing that you have to know about networks is we all use different kinds of technology to help us get it done. And for Nancy Joe, it's you know, when she had the job of scanning a lot of stuff, it was, this is taking me forever, folks. You gotta help me out here. So we invested in a double-sided scanner, which takes one pass, gets it done, so she doesn't have to be turning the pages over constantly. So it was, it's a matter of work smarter, not harder. 
So make sure that your tools meet what you're trying to do. Michelle? Sure. Hey, everybody. So I decided to focus on some of the equipment that I use specifically. Um, and one big thing that I absolutely love is to have two monitors. And right now I am being very kind to my husband who's working from home. So I let him use my second monitor. <laughs> so right now I have one, but it's nice. So right now, you know, my head, I'm looking down a little bit of the downward position. Right now I'm looking upward at a monitor. And when I have two of them side by side, I am so efficient. I'm sitting properly, but I can use both to scan documents. And I find that I'm super productive and I get a lot done by having two monitors. So if that's something that you find would be helpful, monitors aren't that expensive. You know, if you can invest in a second monitor, I highly recommend it. Um, so you're not going back and forth. The other piece of equipment that I've been using is a wand light. Uh, many of us at Networks have those now. Um, they're great for people who are doing social media posts and videos and want to have good lighting, but they're great for everyone else too. So they're super helpful to have extra lighting. Having a virtual background is fun. Now, right now, I don't have a virtual background, but it is fun to change it up. Or if I need to go work in another room that maybe I don't want you to know what's behind me, I'll put up the Networks logo or something else fun. and. I think it depends on the type of meeting we're having, uh, what type of background you put up. So that's something to think about. There, there are fun backgrounds and then there are work backgrounds. So make sure that they're appropriate for what, you're, what type of meeting you're having. And other, another thing is to consider really good earbuds. So you'll see I'm wearing my, my Apple product, <laughs> as uh, Rosa mentioned, with my AirPods. And I, I was a holdout for a while on them because I didn't think they would fit my ears well, but it ends up that they really do. So I recommend go test out a number of different types of earbuds to see what really works for you. You might do very well with a $10 pair of simple, you know, string connected to your computer and they work just fine. Or you might want some uh, differently abled devices that connect with Bluetooth for your liking. Another thing to think about are using external speakers instead of just your computer speaker. So if you want to have um, good quality or if you want to make sure that you um, have a better sound or louder sound, think about using those. Right now I am using an external speaker when I have two monitors. It just seems to work well for me because I'm using many of my ports already on my, my computer. Uh, and I like, I like the whole effect. <laughs> so you have to have fun with it too, right? Pretend you're in a movie theater. And then the, lastly is to hardwire instead of using Wi-Fi for everything. So if you can hardwire into your modem, it's recommended that you do that, especially for important calls and make sure you're set up for that. So those are some of the things that I've been doing. Hopefully that's helpful for you. And some troubleshooting tips that Michelle shared, and then I threw in some, and we've just learned these. It's true. When you call up those tech people, they ask that silly question, did you start your machine over? Did you shut it down? That's because shutting your machine down and restarting will solve 75% of your problems. For a while, I couldn't connect to Zoom, and I, don't know, I didn't know what was going on. 
but I found out that if I restarted my computer, I would automatically connect to Zoom. And it turned out that we were using an antivirus product that was actually blocking it. So we switched antivirus products to prevent that from happening. And you may need to do that if you're having problems, talk to your tech people and say, hey, we got a problem here. <laughs> uh, just Google it and that's gonna solve 50% of your problems. Just saying on Google, what do I do if this is happening? And there's tons of people out there having the same problems you are. And they're more than willing to share how they fixed it. One thing we've definitely learned, have an alternative method of connecting. Don't just have your laptop there when you have to connect to that meeting. Have your phone or a tablet. Just in case one method doesn't work, you can still be connected to that important call by simply using another device. Don't throw it. <laughs> it may feel good until you need your device. <laughs> you know, if you're feeling that way, that's when it's time to walk away. Come back and try again. And sometimes it's just good to do that anyway because we're all in a lot of meetings. Just to give you an example, before all of this, networks that was averaging 25 to 40 meetings a month. And this past month, it was 129. So think about that. If you're that much more connected and on your screen, you need to get up and walk away sometimes. Tracy? Some tools that I use for connecting, um, I do uh, some teletherapy in addition to my work at networks. So I've been using Zoom, FaceTime, and Google Duo to connect with my families. And those were the choices because it seemed that they were the, the platforms that people had easy access to. Uh, even families who may, may not have a computer at home, they could, they might still have FaceTime, they might have Google Duo. And Google Duo is the equivalent of FaceTime, but it works on iOS and Android. It works on both the iPhone and Android. And what I find is Zoom has been the best for me for telehealth and meetings because you can control how you see things on the screen. Sometimes, I mean, I, I prefer to have, I guess it's called the gallery where you can see everybody. It looks kind of like the Brady Bunch beginning of the show where everybody's in their same size square on the screen. And I was in a meeting the other day when I, I don't know if I accidentally said it or if the person who set up the meeting set it for speaker view. And I found it very, very distracting because whoever was speaking would be large on the screen and everybody else would be really tiny. And it was during a teletherapy session. And so while another um, professional was speaking, I couldn't see the child because he was in this tiny little box on my screen and I couldn't watch what he was doing. And it kind of gave me a little bit of a headache because I had to keep rebooting my brain as to what I was looking at. So that was a little bit tricky for me. And here at Networks, we're starting to play around with uh, Teams. Um, I haven't really done a lot with that yet. I have to figure that out a little bit more. But the other platform, Zoom and Google Duo, there's less freezing in Google Duo than FaceTime, I have found. I'm not sure why. And you can have multiple people on the call. The other day, we had like six people on a Google Duo call. And the picture was still really clear. Sometimes with my FaceTime, when I'm trying to FaceTime my kids, somebody one person is clear and the other person blurs out. And I haven't really had that happen on Google Duo, at least not yet. But the only downside about using FaceTime and Google Duo is that, you know, 
for my older eyes, everyone on the phone is really tiny and I really like to see people. So I prefer to use my computer screen whenever I can. I have tried a little bit with the Facebook chat, but again, that was a little tricky sometimes. You have to go in through a certain server and not another. So I prefer Zoom over that. And positioning for me is also a key. Like when I'm doing uh, teletherapy or doing a session online, I found that my ironing board, believe it or not, is one of my best tools. And because I can I can adjust the height, it goes up and down. I can tape my notes on it so that I can see them, but nobody else can. But I've just found though that I have to keep my cat out of the room because she tries to pull them down while I'm speaking. So I have to have a no pet zone, but um, it's, it's worked out really well and I can adjust it so that it goes all the way down almost to the floor. So if I'm doing something down on the floor, I still can have it so my computer's up just a little bit because having your computer on the floor while you're on the floor is doesn't really create a good view. So the ironing board has been great for me. And I thought that was awesome when you shared that, Tracy. I was like, okay, the ironing board, just so you know, you don't have to go out and make all these expensive purchases while you're working at home. Look around and see what you have that might work. Yeah. As we know, we're all meeting. And so I wanted just to share with us just some guidelines for meetings that we have learned. And in addition, we're going to be sharing a bunch of links for you about security in meetings and accessibility of meetings. So, Jess? Sure. Hi, everyone. Jessica Stover. I, too, have dogs. I have three of them, and I'm hoping they're going to be quiet as I'm giving them the evil eye. But generally for meetings, particularly, um, well, really any kind of meeting, it's across the board, be on time. If you're going to be using an online platform for recording and presenting, such as we are today, and you're going to be presenting or involved in that capacity, come into that platform at least 30 minutes early if you can, just to ensure that all your technology is working exactly the way you want it to, and you're comfortable with all the setups that you need to have going on. If, you know, for meetings or trainings or things like that online, if they're large, I would say honestly, more than 10 people, but really any size, you really need to have a moderator. And what the moderator's role is simply to be admitting people into the room, if you're using Zoom and you have a waiting room enabled, to be admitting people into the room, to be monitoring people's audio. If we want microphones to be turned off, ensure that they're turned off. We want videos off or on, that the videos are off. The moderator have the, has, has those capabilities to do that. As, as well as monitoring the chat box. Additionally, for very large groups, I would say 30 plus, we call it a bouncer, having the bouncer in the room um, in case, I think the term now is Zoom bombed, in case we get Zoom bombed, we want to be sure to escort very kindly those people back out of the virtual space. Use all the security measures that are available within the platform that you're using. Zoom continues to upgrade their security features, which is fantastic. The other platforms are doing similarly. And finally, make sure everyone who's attending can use the platform that you're choosing. So be ensuring accessibility, ensuring that people know how to use it for people who are joining by phone, what the features are within that platform that they can mute or unmute themselves, how they can raise their hand to ask a question, all of these things of that nature. 
and I think the last thing I, I didn't mention but I also want to is as moderator or facilitator of the meeting, have housekeeping tips at the beginning of each, each session to remind folks within whatever platform you're using how to access the chat box, how to raise their hand to ask questions, how to mute and unmute, enable, disable their video, and just basic usability features in addition to if the session is being recorded, if it's being streamlined to or online live to Facebook, et cetera. So those, that does kind of a quick and dirty. But I'll turn it back over to you, Devin. Thank you, Jess. And as Jess said, there are tons of platforms out there. And we, we at Networks are going to be starting to play around with these different platforms just to see what are the pros, what are the cons, you know, which ones are better. Uh, and depending on what you use them for, a different platform may work for you. So it's not just an end-all be-all. A lot of our resources are related around Zoom because that's what a lot of people are using right now. And it is definitely what we use the most. And I'd like to just open it up if anyone else has anything they'd like to share. Okay, Suzanne, you have your hand raised. I'm going to unmute you. Okie doke. Thanks. And something to take into consideration that makes sure that you, you know whether or not the person who may need accessibility, make sure that, that they know, if, if you're somebody who does need accessibility, make sure you know whether or not your particular meeting platform will work. Because sometimes something that may work or may not work uh, five days ago may all of a sudden have an update and a new feature might, might work for you. So it's a good idea to keep up with all the accessibility features of as many platforms as you can, which means that you have to spend a lot more time. But it's really worth it to, to be conversant with as many platforms as you can be, if possible. And, and one more tip. When you're using a lot of platforms, and if you're not sure how to use them, the phone option is often available. And when it is available, it's a nice, unintrusive feature so that if you're using a screen reader or something like that, normally when you're using a computer, you're not going to interfere with everything else because all you need to do is mute and no one knows you're, you're around. There's no screen reader that can get in the way that people may not know about. Um, so that's just one other little tidbit that might help somebody. Hey, Rosa, you have your hand raised. I've unmuted you. You unmuted me as I unmuted me, so I got remuted. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. I was just going to add, I know Michelle mentioned about a, a, a wand light, so I was texting her and saying, what is a wand light? I don't think it matters, like, the specific what kind of light it is. I think the point is, so I think the point is just to have good lighting and good angle if you're going to be featured, if you're going to be speaking, to have a good angle. So I have my laptop on a slant stand because otherwise it would be looking in a not very good way at just the underside of my neck. Um, it would be looking up at me. So I have it on a slant stand so that it's angled in such a way so that it shows me kind of front and center if I'm gonna be here. And the idea with the light is while I have a, a ring light or a light 
it's on a stand. The uh, point is just have good lighting. It doesn't matter. You don't have to buy a fancy light or a special anything light. The point is just to have good lighting. It's where I am, it's early morning. So I just turned off my light. I'm kind of in darkness here without my light on. So the idea is that with, uh, with good lighting, it helps people to be able to see you. And if you're going to have your webcam on, then you want to be able to be seen. I saw Joe had his hand raised. Joe, you're up. Yeah, sorry. No, second what Rosa was saying. That lighting even comes into play when you have virtual backgrounds. Um, I wasn't going to say this, but this comes together. I realize when I have my virtual background, if I don't, of course, I'm not going to go it. A lot of times we'll give a lot of shadows and everything else that's coming around so it can be there. But the other thing we didn't say, I was sitting there, I was shocked. I thought we'd all must come natural to us by now. But we really should mute when you're not talking, when it's not your turn, when you're doing any kind of virtual learning or online stuff. Keep yourself muted because you never know what's going to happen. I, I live in a row home in, in Northeast Philadelphia here. And right before this meeting, my one neighbor was out front mowing the lawn. My other neighbors were out back, kids were out back playing. And my neighbor literally next door over the weekend, I think bought their kids a little played drum set. So I had noise coming from every single way. And sometimes you know, it just comes natural and second nature. You don't see it, hear it, but those on the, on the call can, can hear all those other sounds that are coming from your house. I saw Chris Rude's hand too, Jess. Okay, Chris, you had your hand raised, but it doesn't look like you have audio connected to your system. Which is another thing to think about if you're, if you don't have audio, that's okay. Some of us don't. Then when you get onto a platform, try to figure out where the chat box is. And then you can actually use chat to ask your questions or to communicate. Sometimes sound isn't working for one reason or another. It's happened to all of us and we've had to resort to the chat anyway. This session is recorded and when we post this, we will also post all of these resources for you just so that you're aware of the accessibility features that are available on different devices and some troubleshooting tips and tricks, some help for running a secure Zoom meeting just shared some of the issues that we you can have our web conferencing products now unfortunately people take advantage of it and so we hope these resources will help you all powerpoint does if you look for allow subtitles you can use captioning on your powerpoints when you're in a meeting we also use otter ai for transcription and captioning which literally will record that and we'll be able to provide a transcript. So if there's nothing else, we'd like to thank you all for joining us and stay tuned, you know, join our mailing list for upcoming sessions. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We hope the information provided was helpful. Don't forget to stop by our website and take advantage of all we have to offer. Subscribe to our channel to be kept up to date on our future programs. Click on the link provided in the description if you wish to receive emails about our upcoming events and offerings.